What's up, gentlemen? Before we begin, a friendly reminder that this podcast is not associated with any church, school, or calling body, and nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official doctrine, teaching, or theology of any church, school, or calling body. We're a bunch of dudes who love Jesus. We love talking about Jesus, and this is where we air out our thoughts, so don't take it as much more than that. I hope that this is edifying for you. Let's get started with the show. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. This is a place where young men learn to be the men that God created us to be. We got the Balgi boys with us today. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick. Yeah, so I'm Phil Balgi. Uh, just graduated MLC, Martin Luther College here in New Ulm, um, in the pre-seminary program. So off to Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary next year. Um, I'm a local guy, born and raised in New Ulm. Uh, <laughs> love it. Um, but moving on to bigger and better things. In this fall. Sweet. Uh, my name is Tom Bolge. I go to Luther Preparatory School in Watertown, Wisconsin. Ooh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I get a lot of those when I'm here. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to be a senior next year, and I plan to go to MLC uh, the next year. Sweet. The best looking of the Bolge brothers, right? I'd, I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Let's <laughs> see how we'll he turns out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so before we get started here, make sure you go check out the Gird Up website. Um, on the website, you can support the podcast uh, either by getting T-shirts. Um, there's some cool T-shirts there. Phil, you've got a T-shirt, right? No, you don't? I'll get – I don't know. <laughs> okay. So this is a background knowledge here. Gustav Wentz sent these amazing – first of all, shout out to Gustav. He sent these amazing – dumbbell glasses mm-hmm. they look super cool they're not easy to drink out of so if you hear like <laughs> chug like look 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 in the background there you go <laughs> yeah turn up the volume a little bit to hear it but if you hear like gurgling in the background it's the glasses and they're awesome <laughs> they're just loud okay but go check out the website um, on the website you can buy t-shirts stickers things like that you can buy us a five dollar cup of coffee make a donation um, whatever it might be uh, links to patreon are there as well as well as the free pdfs and downloads and all the links you need to get to this show wherever you want to see it or listen to it so go check out the gird up website um, we're also putting together a collegiate men's retreat this fall, which is super exciting. We're in the planning stages, looking at venues. I think we've probably got one already figured out. But as soon as that information's out, you want to get signed up because there's only 30 spots available. So make sure you're staying in tune with everything we got going on there. Follow us on social media, all that good stuff. Thank you to everybody that's keeping us in their prayers. Uh, thank you to everybody who's donated so far. You're wonderful. I appreciate you all. Thanks for helping me be the man I want to be. Let's say a prayer quick and get started here. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for bringing men together who absolutely love you. I uh, want to keep sharing your message of the gospel to the world. In this particular case, we've got three dudes who just um, are excited about doing ministry. Can't wait to get a jump start on it today. Uh, let the words of our mouths and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In your name we pray. Amen. I almost said the words. Of, I always say words of my heart and meditations of my mouth, but it's, it's not it. <laughs> it's not it. Today we're going to dig into Proverbs chapter 5. Um, so if you're driving or something, obviously you're not reading along. Um, but if you if you do have the opportunity to do so, I would encourage you to crack out your Bible. Um, I think we're all reading from the NIV this time. 
Um, so the translation should be pretty close to whatever the NIV. Oh, I guess I got the old one, but whatever. I think uh, I have the old one too. You do you? Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. the, the. That's not the best one, but I that's think, okay. <laughs> I think I have EHV right now. EHV. Okay, but so it might get a little exciting. Yeah. But uh, it, it's all good. It's I all got good. That Bible for free, actually. Right. Yeah. This is my free copy uh, nice. from MLC. Go Knights. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we'll, we'll read through the whole thing, and then we'll talk about it in rock and roll from there. So if you want to follow along, we're starting at Proverbs 5. We're going to read the whole thing. Let's do it. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight. That you may maintain direction, and your lips may pre- preserve knowledge. Because the lips of an immoral woman drip with honey, and her words are as smooth as olive oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to the death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the path of life. Her ways wander, but she doesn't realize it. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. If you do, you will give your wealth to others and your years to a cruel person. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. At the end of your life you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. Then you will say, Oh, how I hated discipline, and my heart despised warnings. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors. I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. Drink water from your own cistern. Drink running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares? Let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed. Obtain your joy from the wife you married in your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For the ways of a man are in front of the eyes of the Lord and he weighs all of his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him, the cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. I don't know, I, I just, I'm, I'm more giggling about the fact that I'm wildly immature. I just kept saying, like, don't giggle, don't giggle, don't giggle, don't giggle. But I had to say breasts. I was like, Woo! don't yeah. giggle. And right. then I was giggling about the fact that I had to tell myself not to no. giggle. <laughs> and then it just got worse yeah. and worse and worse. The inner seventh grader or whatever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You spend enough time around middle schoolers, you start acting <laughs> like a middle schooler again. Right. At least a little bit. Um, all right, gentlemen, first impressions here. What do you get from the proverb? All right. Well, we actually went through this chapter in Hebrew class this year with Professor Pauschen. Um, so I, I have some maybe background stuff. Um or the first thing we kind of talked about in class was just um, how this is a conversation between like a father and a son. The, the father is speaking to a son. And so we talked a lot about that in class, just um, kind of thinking about like, do we have these kind of conversations? Like, how, do, do our dads talk to us like about these um, matters in this way? Um, does it seem like kind of antiquated that this conversation would happen or... Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where my mind first went. Well, and even the idea of making it normal. <laughs> like, it's not like I yeah. think about my own life. I got wonderful men in my life. But these are like those like special moment conversations in, in my life. Someday when I got sons of my own, I want them to be normal, like everyday conversations. Like, these should be things we're talking about all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you shouldn't be like a. Part of the celebration of your first homecoming is also your dad putting your tie on for you and saying, now remember, son, you know, and and then talking to you about girls for the first time or something. This should be a normal part of conversation throughout life that you're just like um, when he talks about in the last couple of chapters, talking consistently about like holding it before your eyes, keeping it on your heart and like continually staying in and turning back to wisdom over and over again. Well, you got to paint that example too, and paint mm-hmm. that picture. And uh, we've done five chapters now, and every single chapter has started with my son, and it's a father like pleading with his son, like mm-hmm. please listen to this. And you think about it, if you if if you wrote all this down, think about what all he said, because it's only a, probably a small portion of what he wrote, of yeah. what he said, he actually wrote down. So think about all those conversations over all those years. What a blessing to have a father like that. Yes. No. Um, I would say my first impression was just. 
the very interesting analogies that were made in the chapter because I mean that's how it is throughout Proverbs but it's just very very interesting analogies that really make you think such as like for the lips of an adulteress drip honey or something like but in the end she's bitter as gall it's just words like that that kind of it makes you think it really makes you think about what's being said right it's like this is such an attractive thing like with the honey Mm -hmm. um but then um it's just not it just can really mess up a life if it goes sour um yeah so it helps bring out um some of these concepts for sure well and and to dig into that a little bit that spot there um the idea of the uh, the lips of the adulterous drip honey or speech is smooth and oil but in the end she's bitter as gall it's real like that image of it feels really good and it's real that i don't know what the maybe you can speak to this a little bit i don't know what the necessarily the specific analogy of the oil would point to but it, the way i think about it is just like um just slipping like it's just easy to like you <laughs> <laughs> those glasses are amazing <laughs> oh man <laughs> but like when you're when you're trying to move something you okay here we go mm-hmm. you know the scene in the office where they're trying to get you guys watch the office mm-hmm. okay yeah, bit, you know, they're bit. trying to get the boxes to the truck where jim and dwight and I don't remember who else. <laughs> oh. oh, and they're, yeah. they're they're stuck down in the uh, they're stuck down in the, the warehouse, and they have to get the boxes to the truck, <laughs> and they put oil down the like, down the <laughs> runway that they make, and they try and slide the boxes all the way through. So like they, it, what they're doing is making it really easy for those boxes to slide down. So once that box starts moving, it's not going to stop, right? And I think about that with temptation of like once you give that temptation, like Luther said, you can you can't stop the birds from flying over your head but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. It's the same idea of like, once you give a, a little bit of momentum, once you give that temptation or the adulteress or whatever, a little bit of, of momentum, she's just going to, it's going to keep going. It's like that snowball effect of now it's even harder to stop. And the further right. you go, the harder it is to stop. And the momentum becomes overwhelming. And then all of a sudden just bitterness, just like that. Right. Yeah, it's like, there's like no immediate consequences, um, yeah. especially in this, this kind of situation, maybe. But um, eventually it might catch up to you. Yeah. It will catch up to you. It will for sure. Yeah. It also makes me think a little bit about like when, when we're doing beer tastings at the brewery and somebody will smell a beer that smells like citrusy or sweet and they think then it's going to taste like, you know, 7-Up or something. <laughs> and then they drink it and the look on their face of like, oh, I regret this already. Or the sour <laughs> beers are very much that oh, way. Yeah. They smell it and it smells like or- an orange, you know. And then they taste it, and it's like, what? That's not what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's 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 it, it's not as sweet as it smells. It's mm. gonna be bitter, and like just taking that to the nth degree. Of if, I don't know if you've ever eaten anything like super super bitter, where it just like your whole body like rejects it. Like you're retching and you're it's unpleasant. And you can't think about anything else, right? Yeah. Just like. That kind of a of a bitterness. It's a stern warning. Yeah. It's a stern warning. Uh, Phil, you remember those? I don't. Even, they're like cooking things that were like little pieces of chocolate, but they looked like they looked really sweet. But I remember oh, like yeah. taking one oh, like, and trying it, like cocoa nibs or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I remember t- like when I was little, I took one. I'm like, oh, it's chocolate, and I ate it, and I just couldn't finish. Yeah, it. Like, I think I, I spit it out like or the something. Ninety eight percent cocoa <laughs> or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's such a good analogy for like you think about. Forget about, I mean, pornography is definitely something th- that would fit into this category. But you think about it from, from more of like a soft core standpoint of like Instagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where you're just yeah. like, you know, she's cute. And you click on her and you're like scrolling, scrolling. All of a sudden it's like, whoa, like there's something going on in my heart. <laughs> and other places, yeah, you know, like right. there's there's all, there's more going on here than just me appreciating God's creation. Like we like to say, you know. <laughs> right. There's something more going on there. And it starts out so sweet. Right, mm-hmm. and you even start catching little feelings or something, and all of a sudden you realize just how far you drifted down the rabbit hole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think anybody that struggles with pornography recognizes how that goes too, where it's it is something totally innocent, and all of a sudden ten minutes later you're going, how the heck did I get here? Like you wake up and you're like, oh, I gotta exit out all these, and, right. and off we go. Yeah, it really is everywhere. It, yeah. Oh, it it yeah. is. It is. And links are everywhere, which makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't even intentionally have to... Like, people who haven't struggled with it, I don't think, realize how easy it is for that to just happen. And that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, once you... The momentum starts again, it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. I... If we skip to the end here, yeah. it is kind of cool, the juxtaposition of that relationship versus um, in... 
in uh, verses like 17 through the end here. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess starting at 15, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well, which is also kind of a, like, it's, it's it paints a picture of something my body needs, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is something I need, like a deer pants for living water. It's the same idea, except now it's, it's, it's that wife, right? It's the woman that you're drinking of. Um, but he's saying, you know, I provided you a way to partake appropriately. And right. I said, also the idea of like, would you rather drink public water or water from your well? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, most of the time, like, would you rather use a public restroom or the bathroom at your house? <laughs> most of the time, the bathroom at your house, right? Like it's yeah. that idea of like something like it's clean. It's, it's appropriate, you know, yeah. um, as opposed to the public squares. But, this whole like uh, a loving doe, a graceful deer, captivated by love, um, like it's this it's totally different picture of the bitterness. Like there is nothing good that comes of the adulteress. Mm-hmm. There just isn't, as opposed to the wife of your youth, which he talks about at the end here. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I think. Um, I mean that the whole like first part just talks about how like how badly. Um, like adultery can go how these how like a sexual relationship can go so like south um, when it's not done um, in the way God wants it to be but then yeah like you said that that juxtaposition of that follow-up where it just um, gives kind of um, it talks about how like well this kind of relationship can go um, yeah when it's done like according to God's plan like how, how what a blessing that is yeah no no I definitely I definitely agree with that um, at prep, we actually had, you Ooh. know, what kind, you know what kind, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. you know, <laughs> go next. I hear, yeah. I hear that way too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know what conquerors in crisis yeah. with Pastor Navani? Yep. We had that because some senior guys were really suggesting it, and it was a very good move because definitely it was such an important thing for all the guys in the guys' dorm to hear about it, and it really helped put a good light on what sex is meant to be and it really helped a lot of people help get a better better understanding about it because it's just not really talked about and kind of like like you said earlier with this book of the bible it's how like this father's talking to his son about it so just he's just going through it and how it's hard to talk about it today and having conquerors through christ really helped give because we were able to talk about it in a group setting and talk about it as men well, and I think it's that idea of it getting painted as dirty and nasty, right? Like, and outside of marriage, it very much is. But then I think, as as good Christian kids, it almost gets turned into that in our minds that it's always going to be that way. It's always going to be something that's secret and, and and almost shameful. That like I have to do it because it's part of who I am, but I hate this part of who I am and all that. Mm. And that's not what Scripture, that's not the way Scripture paints it. I mean, you look at this book of Solomon, Song of Solomon, and you look at like the last two chapters of it, um, and it's this idea of like God smiling on it. And even, I, I love the way John Eldridge even talks about like God blesses them and then closes the curtain. It just kind of says like, okay, it's like it's like yeah. in a fairy tale, you know, where they ride off into the sunset. But in this case, it's the the bride and the groom. They go up to their bed chambers. He even, pardon that my French here, but they he even talks about like the foreplay a little bit, mm. as far as not necessarily as sexual acts, but just of them enjoying each other's beauty, and then um, and, and talking to each other and appreciating all of it. And then he closes the curtain and says, "All right, I bless this. This is good. Like, how good is this?" And it's that even idea of, like, God created it is part of creation in the garden. And it's one of those small snapshots we still get to enjoy mm-hmm. here, you know. And and when you think about it from that standpoint of almost like I don't want to screw that up for the future, that makes the abstinence side or celibacy side or whatever word you want to use a little bit easier. And it makes more sense. But we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. We talk about it as like a no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. That's bad, you know. And uh, and I don't know. I don't know if it's if if parents should be more comfortable talking about it with their kids, or if it maybe I don't know. You don't want to be too comfortable because then it becomes not a big deal, right? Right. Um, and it is very much a big deal, but it also is is a blessing and a good thing that we're eagerly looking forward to. And you think about this is something. This is another thing that I've thought about a few times, where you you talk about like it's got to be weird to be 
like the father of a bride. Sorry, I didn't know we were going to talk all about sex on this podcast, but <laughs> it's an important thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's got to be weird to be the father of a bride on a wedding night. Hmm. You know, especially if you know your daughter has kept herself pure. It's got to be just like at least a little bit of a weird thing. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. How, I can kind of imagine how that would feel, but I don't, I don't have a daughter, so it, it really isn't possible to imagine that, right? Right. Yeah. But as a Christian, it's like a beautiful thing, and I, I don't know why it would be weird, except for the fact that in our culture, especially in our Christian culture, who usually gets blamed for the promiscuity, the dude, right? Mm. Not always, but usually the dude gets blamed, and so you almost have like he's doing a. Like, he's, it's almost like it's not, I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's its like a dirty thing they're doing, and he's the one, and he is, like, that's also the way Scripture paints it. He's the one initiating it, probably, but, right. like, that idea of this should be normal, and it's healthy, and it's right. good, and something we enjoy, and something we even talk about how we enjoy, and, and things. Yeah, I think, I think in our society, it's like, it's very acceptable, very acceptable for a guy to be, like, sexual. That's true. Um, but, like, when, um... Like that's just permissive. Like that's okay. Yeah. But then when, when a girl is like like sexual or like is kind of, is is like a player almost the way like a guy yeah, could like be a player. Yeah. Right. When it's like that, that's like really kind of frowned upon. I think it's a, um, I don't know if that's always been true across time across societies, but um, it definitely seems to be the case these days. Yeah. Um, just a different viewpoint based on your gender, your sex. Yeah. Well, and I think they probably had similar issues to what we're talking about in ancient ancient Israel. When you think about like the rules they had about about women's role in society and the clothes they wear and all that kind of stuff, I can't imagine that they didn't also then have, oftentimes, you know, some sort of bastardization of what it ought to be. You know, where it wasn't mm-hmm. quite what the Lord really designed. Um, I don't know. Just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. No. Interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. In, at verse seven, there about halfway through, it it shifts a little bit to to a warning again. Well, I guess it still is that warning at the mm-hmm. beginning, um, but I like that turn aside, right? If, if the Lord continually paints the path of righteousness as a path, and uh, sometimes He calls it the narrow way, sometimes He calls it the way of life, but there's this continual idea of I know where I'm going, I know where I'm headed, and the Lord has laid that path for me. And this idea of, like, it's not me getting lost along the way. It's me turning off the path. Um, I th- I've heard an analogy um, uh, of using Tolkien and the idea of in, in, in The Hobbit. If you ever read The Hobbit, when they're walking through the woods and they're on the path, and I think it was Gandalf told them, stay on the path. If you leave the path, you get lost. Mm-hmm. And then they, they get tired of going in a straight line. And they're, they're actually almost there. They don't know it, though. And they get off the path. Sorry for the spoilers if you've never read it. <laughs> <laughs> but they get off the path, and they can't find their way back onto the path. And uh, it almost is logical and it almost makes sense to leave the path in the situation they're in. But they had been warned what would happen if they left the path. And they had been told explicitly what would happen if they didn't leave the path. Mm-hmm. And they chose to leave the path anyway. And in multiple times, they're almost forced off the path and things like that. But it's still... It's not, it's not like something that happened by accident, and it's not like ex- an excusable offense. Is you should be on the path, mm-hmm. and, and this idea of, like, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of guys who don't understand the idea of the path. Maybe they don't really get the walking on the path idea, mm-hmm. and yeah. so they do wander. Um, and you've got, when you wander, you've got crooked pads. You think about like, uh, oh boy, family circus, right? When they're walking <laughs> around and it's just the dotted lines all over the place. Like that's the way the world walks. And they find meaning in quotation marks every once in a while in different things in different places. And every once in a while they'll walk straight for a while and then they start wandering again. Whereas as Christians, like we have a straight and narrow path to walk. And you say the blessings will come to us if we walk in that way. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, yeah, we, not not a prosperity gospel, but the, the blessings <laughs> of walking in righteousness will come to us if we walk that way. And so just keep walking that way. It's not as easy as it sounds. Right, yeah. Um, but what, what if we did, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> what like, if we did just walk in a straight line? It's like, hmm, maybe God was right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like this is, well, this actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and how much easier is it to walk in that path if, the, if you're not alone, too? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, if you got... 
think about it just from a literal perspective. If you're walking out in the woods and you're walking on a path, if you're all alone, like how many doubts are in your mind of like, I don't know where I'm going. Like, I think I'm, maybe I missed a turn. This might not be right. But if you're with like four or five guys, especially guys who looked at the same map as you and understand the path the same way you do, and you're going and you go, are we on the wrong spot? And they can be like, yep or nope. Mm-hmm. And there's there's confirmation in yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, it, it's, there's going to be significant benefit from that. You have so many good analogies, Charlie. Yeah, sorry, I'm just <laughs> fitting them out. I don't know what no, happened. They're good. Today. They're good. Just yeah, laying no, them no, down. Those are those are good analogies. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, some of the tutors from prep don't boo me. <laughs> boo. <laughs> it's your lifetime. It's your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> they're um, so they're pastors. At least some of them, I should say, and. They, they were talking to some of my friends and me and the big thing they were saying that helps them in the ministry is them getting constant text messages from their friends at the SEM or friends that they were classmates with just encouraging them or like they'll text their classmates like any advice on this and the, he, it's just such a big thing for men to encourage, to encourage each other when they're walking that path. Do you experience, I mean, it's a little bit easier when you're living in dorms together, but, like, as you leave campus, do you experience some of that, like, going on in the summer or not? Oh, yes, I definitely do, because it's just friends checking in on each other, like, friends, especially when you know a friend of yours has a struggle, and with that, it's always, there's always good encouraging words that can come out of that. What does that look like, like, um, how does that play out in real life here? Um, it can it can have a huge effect because it's just the encouragement from people that care about you and knowing that those people care about you. And since you, you share the same faith in Jesus, it's just such a empowering feeling. And it's such like a, it just gives you this great feeling of relief almost. Yeah. Okay. From a practical standpoint, like if you were going to write a roadmap for this, like give instructions of how to encourage your friends, how do you do that? (laughs) Well, First off, I probably wouldn't be the best person to say this, but this is at least what I've seen and I've done. But um, definitely just, and if if you're far away from them, definitely text them and say, like, how are you doing with your problem or whatever is going on? And just, just imagine getting a test message that says, how are you doing with whatever's going on? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be random because right. <laughs> it'd just be kind of weird. But uh, yeah, just give them that text message and then just tell them like be honest or like just talk to me if you want to and when you're honest with yourself with like while talking to someone that can really open up a lot of things and really help you realize things and then ultimately just reminding them of the word and referring to the bible and showing them passages in the bible that could really give good help and encouragement yeah i like that well it doesn't need to be necessarily like a lot of times i think we think it needs to be some polished like finished product of Right. It could just be a couple of bros talking to each other. And right. Each other oh, yeah. for sure. I think more often it, that's it is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It, and it, I think in order for it to be more effective, I can say not that the word of the Lord won't be effective anyway, but I guess more likely to be effective if it is at least somewhat. Um, what's the word? <laughs> like uh, not. Oh boy, I had the word in my mind, and I lost it. Like, not like, genuine like real like yeah what's another what's a fancy word like a ten dollar word authentic authentic there we go that's the <laughs> word right there yeah. if it's not authentic <laughs> if it's not authentic if it's really manufactured then like it, it might not hit the way you want it to um that's why i was teasing a little bit about the like hey man how you doing with that thing right you know, <laughs> as, as opposed to like you know just checking up on each other and, and then you talk about family talk about what you're doing over the summer ask how wor- work is going and then saying hey by the way you know, how's, mm-hmm. you know, I know you broke up with your girl, how you doing? Or whatever it might be. Right. right. Yeah, it's just like a whole, and like you said, see, I, I shouldn't have just come in with that, with just the, oh, how's, <laughs> like, whatever. But uh, <laughs> it's, <all good. laughs> um, it's always good just to check on them overall, just with everything, right. because that also, that little before talking about, like, the family and stuff really gives them a good cue that, yeah, this guy cares about me. Do you find yourself able to share often with other dudes like with your struggles and things i would say definitely and i, I mean this can apply to any dorm school but since you live with these guys even if they're, you're not like your best friends you can talk to them about anything if, if at least it feels that way because it's like they're your brothers because you're just living with them and because of, like 
even guys that I wouldn't consider myself good friends of, I can find myself having pretty deep conversations with them about just anything. And it's definitely a huge benefit when talking to people that I live with. All right. How about you? Yeah, no, I think that definitely that dorm life, especially, I mean, if you go to like a Christian school where everyone kind of believes the same thing, it's, it is really, um, it's easy to like have that network and, uh, um, really just, um, be with people. You're, you're just always checking in with each other because that's just the nature of dorm life. You just kind of know what's going on in each other's lives. Um, and I think just that in itself keeps people accountable. Um, and then through that, um, close knit environment, you do develop some really strong friendships where like, if you're, there is something you're kind of like hiding deep down, it's like really like troubling you. Like, um, like I hope you have someone you can uh, really confide in. Um, it's such a, such a great asset to have someone like that. And I think those relationships do um, develop easily through dorm life. Not everyone's going to have them. It's not a guarantee. Um, but, uh, um, be thinking about that, like searching for another, like, brother to be able to um talk to is um a really valuable thing yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. kind of off of what phil said but um it's just i don't know how to put it but like to make it make sense but when you live with people you kind of just know everything like like (laughs) it's you can't really hide anything when you're in the dorms like everyone's gonna know and i mean you can hide things but it's very difficult like people are gonna know or they're just gonna figure out that's just kind of the reality and because of that when you go to talk to people about things they might think oh like i can't tell anyone about this there's not gonna be like wow this is horrible it's just kind of like well yes this is a bad thing but we hear these things like this isn't uncommon. Like we can talk to you about this. We've heard this before. Yeah, right. Well, and there are times where that goes the wrong direction, and people just because everybody knows, they just become brazen. Yeah. But in an ex- in, in an environment yeah. where you know, say every it's everybody's rooted in faith, um, for the most part, that that isn't what happens, mm-hmm. um, and it turns out to be a huge blessing. Uh, how do you? So if you're a dude that doesn't have those kind of connections with other guys, how do you build those? Like if you were. If you found yourself, like, for some reason you had to go somewhere where you didn't know anybody and you knew you needed some friends, how would you go about building the kind of relationship where you can you can have mm. those conversations? That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'll start with something, just saying that first, like, these days, like, you, you can be so connected. Like, if you, like, previously had those relationships, like, you were together with a group of guys, but now you're separate from them, you can always, like, text them or um, call them or snap them, whatever. But if, yeah, if you're alone um, and you're looking to find new connections, that that will be a challenge. I think um, the accountability um, maybe becomes tougher if you don't have um, people with the same morals or the same um, foundation of the word um, around you. Um, so look look for those. Look for a group of believers, um, men or women, if um, if that is your situation. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, to find those connections will be tough. I think it does take an element of putting yourself out there and finding people um, who have that um, those shared beliefs. Yeah. Like, um, I've heard it said um, that, I don't remember where, so there somewhere there was somebody talking about, um, like I think it was the, the death of a loved one, and they said basically, it might even be C.S. Lewis's A Grief Observed, but the idea of um, how blessed I've been to have uh, loved someone someone so much that it hurts so much to lose them, mm-hmm. and um, that might sound weird when you're talking about friends, um, but it it is true that you can't have um, like these type of tight, close knit, bonded relationships where you can talk about literally. I mean, because we're talking about the deepest part recesses mm-hmm. of our hearts, right? Um, it, that's like I say that's something you can't build without exposing yourself to some point you know without taking the risk of of rejection right. and um and that's like that's why breakups with like a girlfriend are so hard is because you've bared yourself you know emotionally hopefully just emotionally <laughs> to her um and, and she's seen everything right and now has chosen to reject you 
Um, or yeah. it's proven to be a mistake. Like even if she hasn't necessarily rejected you, it's proven to be a mistake, and so now you're moving on. And then there's also the like looking to the future and saying, "Now I got to do this all over again with somebody else." You know, yeah. and that I don't think people think about that. But that is a big part of breaking up is this idea of like, all right, I got to start from square one. Mm-hmm. That's a that's just as much part of it as as lose as the idea of losing somebody, right? Um, but that's true with friends too. If you're going to have these deep conversations, there's a fly spotter behind you if it's bothering you too much. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it was buzzing around when I was napping too. Wait, on the hook this behind you, right there. Oh. So if you hear a smack in just a second, it's going to be the fly going to its death. <laughs> um, yeah, but strong relationships can't be built without risk, and that's yeah. hard and that's tough. Um, and, and not that I'm saying you should just go bury yourself to the world all the time and just tell everybody all your. Nobody wants that. Um, you don't want to be imp- imp- you don't want any impropriety even with your emotions. But you say you also have to at some point risk that with other people if you're going to have a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you become very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just taking that step of throwing yourself out and finding people cuz that's it's a very difficult thing for most people. Like I I I know people that could very well do that, but it's a very difficult thing to do because it's it's just not easy getting to know new people and it's just it's a character building thing for sure well they don't always reciprocate you know like Mm -hmm. you can put it out there for them and they'll just then they won't even necessarily reject it they'll just not engage right and that that's also difficult when you're dealing with other people is that you don't know for sure if they will engage with you um and Mm -hmm. i think oh you talked about the idea of finding someone who shares the same morals but it's it's kind of finding a group of people that share the morals yeah. and share the, um, the passions and desires. Get him, get him. Ah, oh, used to. Oh, too Shoot, slow. I'm not used to <laughs> these. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Hmm. Yeah, I, I was just thinking like that's probably why just like moving can be so traumatic for people. You just like mm-hmm. you just like break a lot of those connections. You, have, you like kind of like finding a um, new significant other. Like you have to like be vulnerable like put yourself out there all over again and build a network which takes so much time like i think about um like the the circles i have now like that took like really like a lifetime like i'm like 22 like that was like a lifetime of like um saying like hey my name is phil like (laughs) (laughs) where are you from like you're only a quarter of the way there you know (laughs) right yeah still a ways to go still some life changes will happen so um yeah, and like I'm thankful that I've had those, but um, to do it all over again um, would be like, wow, like here we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> military kids are kind of different in that though because they're yeah. always moving. Well, and you guys have been blessed enough that your dad's been here like pretty much the whole time. I think really the whole time you've right. been alive, right? Oh, for sure, he's been here since the start of MLC. Yeah, okay. ninety-five. All mm-hmm. right. So like you guys didn't bounce around, but I think uh, like pastor and teacher kids are the same way often too, where they like because you're just bouncing yeah. and bouncing and bouncing, yeah, and you get better at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like the the like the biggest time I had to do that, like college was there. I came with a lot of high school classmates. I went to LPS too. Go next. Um, but <laughs> I think when I went away for high school, right. that was like a big time where I had to be like, okay, like I don't really know like yeah anyone. Did you have anybody come from St. Paul's with you or no? No, it was just me. Um, which was tough. I had a really solid. I'd like already in like eighth grade. I had like all like, this is like my group right. Of, like, yeah. Um, like, these are my dudes. These are my dudes. Um, and I had a great class, and I, I was just it was tough to leave that behind and say like okay like, you can try this uh, LPS thing and see what happens. And that was that was hard. Um, it was the first time I really had to do that. Um, Post birth. <laughs> Post birth. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That separation with mom was tough, but we've been good since then. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, like, I, yeah. 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 No, yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't say my experience was the same as Phil's because he definitely paved the way. And thank you for putting in a good name for our family because when I got to prep, uh, people are already like, oh, you're Phil's brother. And some people are really nice to me because of that. And uh-huh. It's definitely. <laughs> I don't give you that many compliments, so. <laughs> that was like some intense yeah, eye contact like, there too. I was like, "Ooh, yeah. I thought this was go the other room for a second. It's recorded. Show <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, I, I also, I mean, Phil shadowed, but 
uh, people before you went to prep, but I shadowed Phil a bunch of times, and so I kind of, I, I didn't know what, I, I kind of knew what to expect, and I shouldn't say I knew what to expect, because there was definitely a lot of things where I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> but um, it wasn't necessarily the same as it was for Phil, because he for him, everything was completely new, no one really knew who he was, but for me, people had a general idea of who I was, and Phil definitely had to completely throw himself out there. That's yeah. funny you say that because my sisters hated being Charlie's little sister. <laughs> Charlie's sister. Even my older sister was Charlie's sister for a while. She despised both of them. Despised <laughs> it. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. But did yeah. you did you pave a good road for them? I like the... to think so. They didn't always think so, but I like <laughs> to think so. <laughs> yeah. Nah. I think yeah. I think it was good that Tom and I had different like interests. Oh yeah. Because like, uh, me and yeah. Phil are very different in certain things and even with our little brother john coming in it's the same way too yeah. <laughs> little brother yeah. yeah he's what six four or whatever yeah, yeah he's, he's taller than both yeah. of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> when he's i was a goofy dude too he is a goofy dude <laughs> <laughs> goofy guy yeah <laughs> big john yeah. goofy <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a man child is what he yes. is yeah. he's a goofy man child <laughs> All right, so at, at verse 11 here, at the, it says, At the end of your life you will groan, your flesh and your body are spent. You will say how I hated discipline, uh, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors. I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. And my notation next to it, I just wrote, no regrets. Um, so you almost take that as, as the opposite of a blessing. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a warning, um, but on the flip side, you can take the blessing out of it. If there's a warning, there's got to be a blessing on the other side. So this idea of, you know, you will regret when you're older if you choose not to live this way. Like, if you aren't teachable, if you don't engage with, with the people that are older than you and, and learn from them and listen to them, if you choose not to spurn the wisdom they're teaching you, you will regret it in the end. Or you could get it right the first time, or at least for the most part. You know, you won't regret not being, wait, you will regret, hold on. <laughs> you won't regret learning or gaining some wisdom, but you will definitely regret not having had as much wisdom, which I think is important, too, because we don't always talk about teachability, and that's a huge thing for young men. I think especially right now with this particular generation, mm -hmm. well, even up to, like, us, right? There's a, like, there's a whole lot of dudes out there that think they've got it all figured out, mm -hmm. and they... Right on my forehead. Um, they think they've got it all figured out, and, and they've, because of the way Americans are oftentimes raising kids, especially boys, is they've never been. Nobody's ever looked them in the eye and told them they're insufficient. Mm -hmm. You know, like that they had that they're not, they aren't enough. That they need to get better. That they need to grow. That there's they're lacking in some capacity. So it's been you're good enough. You know, participation yeah. ribbons and all that. Not because that's the messaging you get from all those. You know, from that kind of a culture is, no, you're good enough the way you are. You got it. You're, you're fine. No. But the reality is we're not. And if we don't mature and grow from the time we're 17 on, mm. it's going to be a rough life. If you haven't matured <laughs> from 17 to 50, nobody's going to like that 50-year-old. That 50 yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's not going to be a good husband. He's not going to be a good father. He's not going to be a good worker. Nobody's going to like that, dude. No. Mm. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And it's just... Another thing with the whole maturity thing is with social media, people can definitely portray themselves or see people differently just from what's on social media. And that's just kind of the danger. Or that's one of the, there's many dangers to social media and that's one of them. And it's a very, it's, I don't know. It's almost uh, not being yourself or not being the man you could be just because you want to be like someone or want to be like mm. something you've seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the wisdom of Instagram is definitely different than the wisdom of the get word of God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's for <Often>. sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there are some, there are some, especially men, I, I say, I, I, since we're talking to dudes, it's like there are some men on Instagram who do, you know, walk the walk and portray that lifestyle, but few mm -hmm. in comparison to the numbers of people, of influencers in quotation marks. That's yeah. it's few. Yeah. yeah. So I get part of it, yeah, you're hitting on something there of <laughs> soaring out what is actually wisdom and what's wisdom of the world. Mm -hmm. It's real easy to dive into that wisdom of the world and say, well, right. you know, 
it does make it's logical it makes sense yeah um but it's not the wisdom of god no yeah you're talking sure. about like teachability and stuff like i i think i think like the younger generation always like it's like ah the older guys like they know what we're talking yeah. about <laughs> but i wonder like if like today that's like an even greater challenge just thinking about how like quickly things change um oh that's true like even since like like the past like century how much like society has like gone for like technology and stuff like um example would be like we have the internet um like our parents never had like navigate that as um teens or um, young adults so it's like we think we like we're we think we know like what's best on the internet when we might not or um we're like ah like parents like what what are you saying we can't uh like just have no restrictions on like what uh, internet or whatever like we we think that we know what's right when uh, really um, we might not yeah no that's for sure and like I don't know, like hearing from our dad growing up, his growing up was so much different than ours. It's so mm-hmm. much different because he had like no technology. And it's it's just kind of crazy to think that like he and his friends would just like they would never spend time playing video games. They'd never pl- spend time on their phones. They'd just all be hanging out and having a good time or going outside. He always talked about how much they used to go outside. And that's mm-hmm. just kind of a thing you don't see anymore. There's not many kids running around outside anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even, like, I'm not that much older than you guys, but I remember, like, when Facebook came into existence, and, like, I remember having that conversation with our parents of, like, okay, when you, I think it was when we turned 14, we would get a, and we were, like, one of the first, some of the first kids to get Facebook. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, everybody else has one, and we want one, too. It was, (laughs) okay, well, we were, we literally were emailing each other, like, on our school email accounts Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and even that was like light years above what everybody else had been doing. Like I, didn't, I didn't have a, I couldn't text until I w- we had the first phone we could text on. We got when I was 16 and we got a cut. Well, my sister was six. When she turned 16, we got a phone that we shared that we could text on. And I think we had a hundred text messages for the whole month. <laughs> oh. And that was it. And, and your minutes, like. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And then if you used up, so then if you, you, if you texted more than that, it took away your, it came out of your minutes. Yeah. And then if you'd run out of minutes at the end of the month, and I was trying to call you to know where you were or whatever, and like the phone, it was a flip phone, and it had a little camera on it, um, but it stayed in the car. And you just leave it in the car. It was the phone that was in the car, <laughs> and we all shared it, right? Yeah. Um, and you think about that, even that to like my senior year of college, so six years later, I got my first iPhone, and like you think about the difference between even those two things. And so yeah. when you talk about like, you know, wisdom from those who are older. You're like, man, they, when I was when I was your age, the iPhone hadn't been invented yet. Wow, you know? and I'm only yeah. ten years older than you. Right, that's crazy. That, it's, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's like it's like you don't know what you're talking about, Dad. Like exactly. Right. Yeah. And that just is emphasized and accentuated even more. But yeah. you've also got the realization that the wisdom of the Lord is timeless. You know, like this stuff doesn't change if you got a phone or not. Right. Um, and so while the temptations might be unique in, in like mode and media, um, they're not un- like there is nothing new under the sun. Um, and so the wisdom of the ages still applies, even though there's now a new context for it. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's just it's very I find myself logging off of Instagram just to not <laughs> spend countless time scrolling through feed and there, there's good things on my feed that can be religious whatever I follow because but like it's just I don't know it's just wasting time that you could be spending for other good things mm-hmm. and that's just not God pleasing when you're just wasting your time and social like being on your phone for a while isn't a good thing either and it's not healthy for you and that's not and it's just not a good thing for your body and it says in the bible that like you don't want to hurt your body that's that's disrespecting god and it's just i don't know it's interesting because too when i was growing up my dad was big on you can't get a phone until you're in eighth or after confirmation and i just remember thinking like sixth and seventh grade like (laughs) <laughs> like, Sorry, the thirsty. water came yeah. like hit you in the face. That I gotta like, move like away from the mic. So it's not like so obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well go for one now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <laughs> back to that. Uh, 
I just remember thinking in sixth and seventh grade, like, this is so unfair. All my friends have phones and I want a phone. I can remember complaining to my parents, like, I want a phone. Like, all my friends have phones. And I remember confirmation came around. And a few days after, I was thinking, all right, let's go get my smartphone. And then I came up to my parents, like, can I get the phone? And then they were like, okay, let's go do it. And I remember, like, after about a week of having my phone, I was like, this isn't that cool. There's nothing. <laughs> you, you legitimately miss not having a phone. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I, I honestly have contemplated, not really in this particular phase of life, but, but especially before I came back to MLC, I was hardcore contemplating getting rid of my smartphone. smartphone. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, so one of the few reasons I didn't was that I, I won't listen to as many podcasts now, although I have the regulars I listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially when I was commuting every day, like I wanted to be able to listen to podcasts and do all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and be on the Internet and check my email on the go and all that kind of stuff, which you can't do if you don't have a smartphone. Um, so then I thought, oh, what if I just like get like, just take my get a new phone and then take my smartphone off of like mobile and yeah. just use it for Wi-Fi. And then I thought about that. I was like, well, ever, you don't go anywhere without Wi-Fi. Like, it's literally impossible be, to be disconnected in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you, like, just go all in. And I dream about the day. Someday I will be able to, like, go off grid, per se, and just not. I know it's a little ironic coming from a podcaster, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love this, and I'm pouring myself into this, and, and I'm spending a lot of time on my phone because of this, and, mm-hmm. and, and not all of it is, is work-related, but mm-hmm. like, and I hate it. I really do hate it, and I wish I could go back to a world where there wasn't, not a world without the technology we have, just go back to like actual interpersonal communication, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. a it's like a nostalgia almost. For right, like the time before, <laughs> for sure. Right, time before phone. Yeah, it's like we need a good medium. That's like a mix of. Yeah, it's just like you need a good mix, and it's just it's just like I love the convenience of a text. I get all that, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, like, every once in a while, I'll just turn everything off and go sit on a front porch. And uh, but if you just do that alone, then everybody else is still on their phones, and you're still not connecting with anybody. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it just makes the need for interpersonal relationships that much more valid. Like mm-hmm. you have to have flesh and blood, real people with pulses around you. Otherwise, yeah. And back to the portraying thing. When you're texting people, you can you can talk in a way that you would never talk to oh, anyone in a yeah. person because you have so much more confidence like oh i'm not talking to them in person and it's it's almost like when you talk to people in person it's almost more awkward because it's just like well i'm not used to talking to people face to face as much because i'm usually just texting people anyways and it's just kind of a weird isn't that a shame yeah <laughs> like, it's such a shame awful? it's such a yeah, shame it's like yeah 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 Okay, last thing I want to cover before we, we move on here. I put you two on the spot. <laughs> a, little, a little off the rail. That's yeah, okay. That's totally okay. But we're yeah. at 50 minutes. We don't want to go too long. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is a great conversation. Don't apologize at all. But I'm going to throw you guys on the spot a little bit here. Um, so the Lord oh. explicitly talks about the beauty of the woman, right? Um, let uh, uh, May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. I didn't giggle that time. Uh, <laughs> may you ever be captivated by her love. How important, so he literally talks about her physical beauty. How important is that physical beauty? Or how important should it be? Hmm. As, you, as your date, could, do you have a girlfriend? No. No? no. So, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Bog is up for grabs. How about you? You got yourself a girl? Oh, I, I, I know that face. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but how important is that? Um, I don't know. Are you are you marriage minded at this point? Oh, I can really put the spot here. Uh, no. So, I mean, I, I'm at the point. In, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Uh, it hasn't it hasn't really crossed my mind. I'm in high school. I have a lot of I have a lot I have a lot to live. Hey man, you're talking about <laughs> nostalgia for the old days, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, my girlfriend doesn't see this. Yeah. <laughs> She's either gonna be really mad or really mad. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, I said I'm I'm definitely at the point where I'm just marriage minded. Like I forget about I don't even care about the boyfriend girlfriend thing. It's just like, do I or want to marry you or not you know and once i decide then we're gonna do this you know <laughs> yeah. gonna, like, dude, as a christian no that's the w- way it ends one of two ways it either ends in marriage or it ends in not marriage 
you know like that is that is what and even if it's unfortunate that it is this way but as a christian if you choose to do it god's way it's either marriage or not marriage or not marriage later and you should never have to get to that point right Mm -hmm. um and so okay with that in mind like the world you you live together sleep together all that stuff so you're wild oats but as a christian (laughs) That's really the end game here. Like, of course, you want friendships. You want to get to know people, all that. Um, but with that in mind of, hey, this is where we're headed, how important is physical beauty or, or physical attraction maybe? Yeah. Um, well, just from a Christian standpoint, really the beauty of a woman shouldn't be the most important factor. The most important factor obviously would be um, – and this doesn't have to be the case, but really, for a good relationship, you want to have the same faith. And there's going to be there, I've, I know uh, husband and wives that don't believe in the same thing. That's such an important thing that I feel like the looks they can be an important aspect. And I think that um, when men, since this is like since we're three men talking about it from a man's standpoint, I think that. Look should be a good thing, but it shouldn't be the sole reason why you are going for this woman or attracted to that woman. Yeah, like I, I think I think like that faith foundation is um, definitely yeah, it's so important, especially as a Christian. Um, just believing the same thing, I think that um, like you can always come back to something. You can say like, okay, like that's actually like we disagree on this. Let's see what the Bible says. Um, or if they if if it's not even like related to like what um, you can find in Scripture. Um, which most thing, most things do, but if if you if it's not there, like you still come back to that, you have that foundation that's like the most important thing in both of your lives. Um, but I think I mean regarding physical beauty, I think you do need like um, you need some baseline attraction to be um, married. Um, whether that comes through their physical appearance um, uh, is is not always the case, but because it can come from so many things: their personality, their um, intellect, their um, the way they treat others, that kind of a thing. Um, that so much goes into attraction. Um, it won't ever just be physical appearance. Um, or it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't. Um, but it definitely is an element, especially um, I think when you first start getting to know someone, um, it's probably might, it might be the first thing that attracts you to them, their physical appearance. Um, but as you get to know them so much more, there's so much more to everyone than their physical appearance, obviously. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, this is, this is kind of with the topic, but uh, one of my friends, a good friend of mine, his name's Isaac Schumann. Shout out to Isaac Schumann if you're watching this. <laughs> but uh, his dad's a really cool guy. His dad's a pastor. and uh, So you're actually shouting out his dad. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his dad... You throw him in there, get some brownie points. <laughs> His uh, his dad would always. He always says this. He always goes, "I never dated. I just got married. Period. That's all he says." <laughs> and he well, loves saying that. And, and I'm a guy who's dated a lot, but hasn't had girlfriends a lot. Really, like not significant. Not the way you see other people do it, really at all. As far as like long-term relationships where you're just dating for like a year and a half and then we decided we didn't want to be like how did it take you that long to figure that out like i i can general with dudes and with girls but like if you think about it with with if 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 she wasn't if she wasn't hot like you know if she wasn't a woman you were physically attracted to you can't tell me that you didn't know after three weeks yep this probably isn't going to go the distance Mm -hmm. and there are some exceptions to that rule but there's also a lot that are like you're waiting around for each other to change. You're waiting around for the situation to change. You're waiting around for whatever it is, and like if you wait around for long enough, you're gonna find something you don't like about them, mm-hmm. and you can either make a commitment so that when that when you figure out what you don't like about them, you then work through it, or you can just go your separate ways, and you know like it, but if you make a commitment, now you have the security of we will figure this out. We've promised that to each other. Um, as opposed to just getting your heart broken over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I think the other thing about the physical attraction is it is tied to, in my experience, it's also tied, a lot of that is tied to, like, personality and things like that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I, I've 
there this is gonna I apologize if this is crude so but the, like there have been girls who've physically have been have been very attractive who like were never actually attractive to me if you will because of the way they behaved mm-hmm. just like again apologize if this is crude but like hey she's got a rocking body but she's just a terrible human being like that's there isn't even like a right. glint of attraction there right mm-hmm. um and on a flip side there's been i can tell you all kinds of examples of young women who like never going to be an instagram model never going to like you know be on the cover of s the si swimsuit edition or something um but like healthy and then there's just like the way they carry themselves um the way they interact with others you know the personality of like every you'll hear people th- when you're usually talking about men, but you hear people talking about like um, if you're funny, it makes you ten times hotter or things like that, right? Well, that it's 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 for all positive characteristics and traits, right? Mm-hmm. And so like I think they do go hand in hand. And I'm not saying that if you're funny, you're going to be more physically attractive. I'm saying I think um, you become from just from a um, a man with an appetite's perspective. You become more forgiving of the things that maybe aren't as attractive physically, the stronger the personality is, if that makes sense. And again, that's probably offensive to somebody. I don't really care. I think that's the truth of, of, of what's actually going on. Um, I, I really do think that. I do. Uh, someday I would like to do like a, a spam gathering. And do like a guide for online dating, and I want to have like a chart. You know, you've seen like the the hot versus crazy matrix. You know, yes. <laughs> I want to do a hot versus heretic matrix. <laughs> so because when you do online dating, they're all listed as Christian, but some of them are like actually Christians who like read the Bible and they love Jesus. Some of them just like have a psalm tattooed on their arm and they've never actually read the Bible, um, <laughs> and, and they're not really Christians at all. Classic. Yeah, and then and then you have some. Who are like super heretical, but they're on fire for Jesus, and they're really hot. So you got to have this like hot versus heretic matrix of the more attractive <laughs> she is, the more heresy you deal with. Obviously, that's a joke, but <laughs> but right. I, I think yeah, yeah. I, that yeah, that, that is such. You were talking about this, this, this that huge portion of like, and the, and the end game is an important part of that. Mm-hmm. Of of where am I trying to go? What's my goal? If my goal is to be with the hottest chick possible and make all the other dudes jealous. Then physical attraction is incredibly important. If your goal is like, ooh, I want to find a godly wife who I can build a family with and and who's going to uh, help me on my road to heaven, then it's naturally going, not going to fall away, but it's not going to be nearly as important. Yeah. And kind of back to the physical attraction part, but like you were saying, there's some women that might be extremely attractive, but... Because and even of how in they personality act. and and character, but go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And and it's just kind of back to the same, like activities and things you want to do. And if they're if they're just doing things that you just don't agree with or things that you're not interested in, then that can really put the attractiveness of someone down in your in your own eyesight. And maybe not for another person, but in your own eyesight. Right. Right. Well, you got the superficial things like you know. She doesn't lift, and I lift, and I want a, a swole mate or something you know, like that. That silly <laughs> right. stuff. Like yeah. she doesn't read. I love to read. That kind of stuff, yeah. right? It's just superficial. You can go to it if you want to, but that's not what I'm looking for, right? Because mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. the like doesn't treat waiters, waitresses, and waiters well. You know, right. um, has no idea how to interact with children. Like those things that are going to be really important to me in the long run. You say it doesn't necessarily even disqualify her from being a decent human being. I guess the not being nice to the waiters and waitresses does but like those are warning signs of like you know hey there's something else is going on in our heart um, and that's going to keep us from having the future that i'm picturing oh yeah for sure and like i should have said this too but like it's all about the long-term stuff because there's gonna be things that you guys don't agree on like oh like i love playing football and she just can't stand football she can't play football <laughs> right <laughs> i get it, you though yeah right and it's just things like that where it's just like well this this doesn't really it, it's okay i want to spend all day that. saturday watching college game day are you going to be nagging me and upset with me or is this going to be like all right saturday's his day like we're right and, and that goes both directions mm-hmm, you know for sure mm-hmm. there might be some saturdays where you go you know like, but say you and ohio wisconsin and ohio state are both undefeated 
they're playing on the in the evening game. We're gonna watch this game, right? <laughs> um, please let me watch this game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a and so like it's a give and a take. And if she has no interest, and then also like mocks it in you, probably not a fit. No. Anything to add, Phil? Not so much on this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Girls are just a mystery to fill. Right, yeah. I'm also <laughs> watching your clock. I was like. That's true. That's okay. We're at 102. We'll but, put oh, a okay, couple okay, minutes okay. on there. We're good. Yeah. We're good. All right. Well, glad to have you on, fellas. Thanks for coming out. Testing yeah. out the, the Wentz glasses. Yeah. The yeah. glasses. Those are awesome. I love these. <laughs> they've got like a nice. They're easy to hold. Yeah. You know? they've got, they're like comfy to hold on to. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. These are nice. You could do some serious dancing with those, too. Like, you wouldn't right. spill your drink because it's so far down in there. It won't get out. <laughs> yeah. Nick Creston, if you're seeing this, you really need to try these. Yeah. So you need to come over here, have a beer, and uh, and try it out. He would love this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Oh, sorry, Phil and Tom. I know I got them backwards. That's okay. Um, <laughs> where can we find you guys online if somebody wanted to reach out? Oh. Or if, you know, a lady or two wanted to get, <laughs> get in touch with well, Phil. Yes. <laughs> I'm on uh, Instagram as pr at pr balgi b a l g e. Um, that's kind of it right now. Deleted Facebook. No. Yeah. It's a um, move, but I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram at tom t o m balgi b a l g e underscore twenty one. Twenty one's my favorite number. And then on Twitter, I'm just tf uh, at tf balgi, kind of like Phil's Instagram handle. Cool. Cool. All my stuff's in the link below. I'll make sure these guys get linked down in the comments or the whatever, the text box. What is that called? Description. There we go. Yeah. They'll be down <laughs> in the description below as well. Thanks for your time, fellas. Gentlemen, go be the men that God created you to be. We'll talk to you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we'll be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.